How can artificial intelligence drive warehouse operations? Can spending on new technologies boost supply chain resilience? And a warehouse automation project completed in less than 90 days? Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the editorial director of DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by Honeywell Intelligrated. From system design and emulation to integrated warehouse automation software and technologies to ASRS shuttles and robotics, Honeywell Intelligrated's end-to-end solutions address the most pressing e-commerce and labor challenges facing our industry. To learn more, visit sps.honeywell.com. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham will be along to provide their insight into what's going on this week. But to begin today, we've all heard the term artificial intelligence, but what exactly is it? Our guest today feels that there's a lot of misconceptions around AI. To find out what it is and how it can help warehouse operations, here is Ben with our guest. Ben? Thanks, Dave. Uh, That's right, our guest today is Brandon Coates. He's the Global Product Manager for Robotics and Vision at the Systems Integrator MHS. Uh, Brandon, thank you for being with us. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Thank you for the opportunity this morning. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Brandon, you were on a panel this week uh, that made a presentation at Promat DX. That's the uh, virtual online version, of course, of the major Promat trade show. And uh, the session was titled, Unleash the True Potential of Robotics with AI. And in that session, you said that many people have learned about AI from Hollywood movies like The Matrix or iRobot, where it was used to enslave humanity and other dramatic uses. But uh, it's actually a practical tool for warehouse automation. So to start off, maybe you could help uh, define what AI really is and uh, what it means for warehouse automation in general. Yeah, sure. So I'd say it's not just a a practical tool, but it's something that's pervasive at this point. It's something that's quickly growing. Um, You know, looking at the last 10 years uh, of where AI really didn't mean anything a decade ago to what it means now, it's it's throughout automated systems that we see today. Um, So it's pretty much everywhere. And then it's going to be more the case that it's going to be uh, pervasive, ubiquitous, on everyone's smartphones and all, all of the material handling and automated systems of the future are going to necessarily have AI as a cornerstone of the product. So if we look at what is AI, very like simply put, I would describe it as any level or any amount of programmed intelligence. So what uh, what does that mean? It's it's all of the traditional software that was there before, any of the, the logical statements within the software uh, in order to make decisions uh, according to, to data that's uh, around the, the, the system and the peripheral devices. But then we have this other form of AI uh, that is has a lot of hype around it and it has a uh, you know, very quickly growing base. And that's more of the, the artificial intelligence surrounding uh, convolutional neural networks uh, and, and the like. Um, what these are able to uh, present in terms of artificial neural networks are supervised learning, unsupervised learning, uh, and even reinforcement learning, uh, which itself presents a feedback loop between the the, uh, ability for this 
let's say, uh, unstructured algorithm to go in and then take inputs and then optimize according to what the output condition of that, that scenario is that you're looking at within your automation field. So uh, if we jump in even further convolutional neural networks, we've got uh, generative adversarial networks. These are quickly coming up in which you, you basically uh, gamify this, this convolutional neural network process, the artificial neural network, to where it can self-optimize over time, adding small permutations to the, the parameters within it. Um, and then you can go very quickly training this on a GPU or a GPU on the cloud, and you can optimize at a rate that before we, we just wasn't possible. And so it means that you can have a level of optimization for your automation technology when it comes to uh, this algorithm that helps you make these nice uh, decisions uh, on the fly, and it can happen very, very quickly and at low cost. Um, of course, all of this is predicated on the, the uh, idea of Moore's law and low-cost computing and having lower and lower-cost computing coming on uh, uh, time and time again, year after year, with a nice uh, cost uh, demonetization. Um, if we look at it, again, like very high level, it's the ability to detect patterns in complex data sets. So, uh, in essence, AI is the ability, when you leverage it properly, uh, it, it's going to really start to mimic the ability of the human mind to some respect. Uh, not so much to the extent of, say, like iRobot. I'd say that that time is coming and that level of sophistication. Um, but the way we use these tools, overwhelmingly, therefore, the, the positive impact of uh, our economies and of our lives. So that's how we'll end up using these tools, and that's how this will play out. But the ability to detect complex patterns uh, within a, a data set is very, very important because then it allows you to make real-time uh, decisions on data within your automated system. And within these warehouses, uh, more and more of the decisions going forward will be real-time decisions versus programmed software that is just fixed and it stays static from the day one of installation. Uh, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. The, the, uh, the ability to detect patterns and to self-optimize over time. I, I think those are some concepts that might seem familiar to, to a lot of us uh, human workers in our own jobs, maybe. You, you made the point um, that AI is also capable of automating processes that have uh, long been targets for automation, but they've been too complex in the past. Uh, could you give us some examples? Yeah, sure. So if we look within a typical warehouse, uh, we can take a, just a few scenarios. Uh, one of them are gonna be like inventory control. So uh, where you might use inventory control might be within the buffering system of the warehouse or like an ASRS, uh, automatic storage and retrieval system. Um, for a long time, we've been taking the, the velocity of product going through that ASRS, and we've been moving the, the fast movers towards the front that are more readily, uh, readily accessible, and then we've been taking the slow movers and placing them towards the, towards the back. With AI comes the, the addition to that, that's not only it's more optimized, it's better at that capability, but uh, you, you're gonna get other capability that comes as well. So one idea is changeover. You have a lot of different SKUs that are going through your warehouse, you're an e-commerce business, you're going to be turning over these SKUs, maybe, maybe uh, as like once a month could be uh, pretty uh, typical. Uh, you could also go through and do it down to the week or to the day. So you're just going to have a lot of changeover of the inventory that you're actually putting into that that system, and you you need to be able to keep up with that. So AI is going to do an outstanding job when it comes to that regard. 
Um, and then if we dig into another aspect here would be like order batching or order execution. Uh, that the batching up of the orders is often predicated on the, the equipment that's within the facility. Um, each piece of equipment has its own function that it's going to add to the overall puzzle. And if you're not communicating between these disparate pieces of equipment and technology in, in the best way, then you're going to have natural performance losses that come into play. So one idea here is the idea of uh, buffer from one system to the next. Uh, it might be easy to go through and program that buffer in terms of uh, very, very specific usage of SKUs and which SKUs you're going to use within the buffer, how and when. But then very quickly, that can get too complex for a typical programming strategy. And so here again, we can use AI to go in to optimize the buffer based on the SKU that's available within the system. And then as you look at the total workflow from one piece of equipment to the next within the warehouse, uh, it can become a lot more optimized and a lot more clean in nature. And then of course, we've got order fulfillment. So order fulfillment uh, today, you know, it's being done a lot by, by labor. We see this transitioning though towards robotics very heavily over the next two, two to three to year, uh, let's say two to three years. Um, and then it's going to hit a point where it's expected that all of order fulfillment is going to be done through robotic. Um, so with that, uh, you know, people are, we're, we're very dynamic. We're able to, with our hands, go out and grasp something, move it around, build the order up. We don't really have to think twice, but we're also prone to error. Uh, on the other hand, uh, a robotic application, once it's programmed and once it learns the environment, uh, then it's not going to have that uh, that same level of error within it and the traceability is going to improve as well. So what uh, what is enabling robotics today within order fulfillment, the, this type of scenario? It, it's really AI. It's the ability to, to look out using a vision sensor, uh, look at the scene in front of the robot with all of the SKUs, with all of the material handling equipment, understanding what that is, reconstructing the scene in a digital environment. So you get this idea of digitization that's coming into play. And then once you get to this point with the scene being reconstructed, uh, essentially all of the models within the workspace, they can be adjusted in real time by the vision system as it's doing its thing. And then at the end of the day, the order fulfillment process just gets very, very capable. And you get really high levels of uptime when you're able to move to a robotic scenario. So you have these uh, within the warehouse, and then we can also look at supply chain, just how do we feed that particular warehouse? And so the, the warehouse itself, in terms of what parts you're ordering, what's gonna be the, the, the best case scenario for what you're placing on your e-commerce or your, your online uh, uh, shopping sites, um, supply chain itself can be optimized with AI. Yeah, uh, I mean, the inventory control, order fulfillment, supply chain replenishment, all that, uh, I mean, that, that's really the, the core of what a lot of our listeners uh, do every day. Uh, so, Brendan, for a company that's just getting into AI, which is probably the majority of the market, um, how do they justify an investment in, in this really new kind of technology? And, um, and, and you know, wrapping up here, do you have any advice um, for how businesses can, can best prepare for that stage? Sure. Um, if you're just getting into AI and you want to justify the investment, the, the, the first thing you have to realize is that uh, AI is an, an enabling technology. Um, it, AI is also based in software. And every time we've seen software in the past become disruptive in nature, uh, in, inherently it's going to go back and it's going to lower the cost of product, uh, uh, services, and goods. And so as it does that, uh, you'll just have to realize that 
Um, what you may have been purchasing up to this point uh, in terms of your material handling equipment, uh, you, you may have been getting used to something that's relatively fixed, that's not changing very quickly. Uh, with AI-driven platforms, they do change very quickly. So uh, as long as you are aware of this, then you can keep an eye out uh, for the new technology that's up and coming. Uh, and justifying the investment, it, it's really coming down to what's going to work for your particular business or for your particular business operation. So there's, we, we see there's new viable business cases and market opportunities are coming up there left and right uh, on a consequence uh, of AI. So you just have to be aware of this as first and foremost, and then stepping into the disruptive technology, um, what you understood before in terms of how business operates uh, and how it functions, uh, this is going to fundamentally change. So uh, the, the way we look at this is understanding the customer value chain and with disruptive technology, it's often short-circuited. And so with that comes a whole new level of value that wasn't there before, uh, that just there was no answer for the particular problem. And then all of a sudden there is an answer. And not only there is an answer, but there's a lot of competition that comes with that answer. And all of this uh, in nature is forcing prices down. So you shouldn't really have to go back and have a difficult time justifying the investment. Uh, you just have to make sure that you have staff on hand, that you've got a platform within your organization uh, that is keeping an eye out for this, and that you're willing to test new technology uh, on a regular basis. Great. Well, that, like you said, um, it, it's, the ramp up for this is incredibly fast, and it looks like um, AI is going to be, um, that, as you said, pervasive and ubiquitous all around us here, just in the uh, couple, uh, couple coming up years here. So. Uh, Brandon, we really appreciate your coming on the show and, uh, and and sharing some of this great information with us. Yeah, thanks again. Happy to have the opportunity here this morning. Uh, great. And uh, once more, we've had uh, Brandon Coates uh, with us today from uh, the Systems Integrator MHS. Uh, back to you, Dave. Thank you, Brandon and Ben. This past week, as we mentioned earlier, the supply chain industry met virtually for ProMat DX 2021. Normally, ProMat is the largest material handling show in North America. But since we could not gather in Chicago this year because of the pandemic, MHI offered the next best thing, a virtual version of this huge trade show. And it did not disappoint. I was there in the virtual space, and so were Ben and Victoria, and they're here to share some of what they saw and learned this past week. Ben, you looked at how supply chain leaders are trying to create resilience in their operations. What did you find? Uh, that's right, Dave. It, it's been a, a busy week for the whole team at the magazine here, uh, checking out the latest trends and sessions. Uh, and one of the interesting ones that I saw uh, this week was that two of the biggest trends in the sector are syncing up uh, as digitization, uh, which we were just talking about with Brandon, uh, has increased quickly as a reaction to the pandemic. Specifically, uh, nearly half of supply chain leaders in a recent survey are dramatically accelerating their spending on digital technologies in an effort to deal with those COVID disruptions. Uh, so that information is from the eighth annual industry report that's produced by um, MHI and by Deloitte, the consulting firm. So in terms of uh, specific investments, the biggest jump in dollars uh, is going to cloud computing, to robotics, and to inventory and network optimization. Uh, but digitalization or digitization, the uh, term varies, includes a much wider range of technologies. Um, so the report uh, said that over the next five years, we'll also see rapid increases uh, in things like sensors and auto ID, uh, predictive analytics, robotics and automation, Internet of Things, 
uh, wearables, uh, artificial intelligence, which we were just talking about with Brandon, uh, autonomous vehicles, 3D printing, and blockchain. Uh, a lot of terms that, uh, that our readers are familiar with. Uh, and it's an impressive list for sure, but in a panel discussion about those survey results, um, we heard from speaker Randy Bradley, who's a professor at the University of Tennessee. Uh, and he said it's basically the least that supply chain companies could do to uh, start dipping their toe a lot deeper into those waters. Uh, Bradley asked, you know, what good it was for a business to recover from the pandemic if they don't come out of it better prepared to handle future disruptions. Uh, so in a quote, he said the traditional mindset is usually let's rally the troops and weather the storm. But the challenge is you're not going to be better prepared for the next storm than you were for this storm. Yeah, that's a very interesting point from the MHI report that supply chain businesses can't really just rest on their laurels. And Victoria, you covered the MHI Innovation Awards. What new technologies did they recognize? Sure, Dave. Yeah, I did. So um, MHI presented its awards on the opening day of the show this past Monday. And a little bit about them. There are awards that recognize companies for developing innovative products and solutions to benefit uh, the material handling, logistics, and supply chain industry. So they select winners in three categories, best new innovation, best IT innovation, and best innovation of an existing product. And this year's three winners were chosen from a field of 93 entries um, by an independent panel of judges. Best new innovation went to ThruWave for its 3D millimeter wave imaging technology, and that provides automated inspection capabilities for use in manufacturing and supply chain. The uh, ThruWave's uh, millimeter wave sensors can essentially see through opaque packaging, you know, corrugated boxes, plastic totes, to automatically dimension items, count items, detect anomalies, all without opening sealed packaging. Um, what uh, the company leaders had said, they explained in answer to a question, is that it works like an x-ray, but it's human safe without any shielding. It has unlimited sensor life and it requires minimal maintenance. Best IT innovation went to Forefront Engineered Solutions for its Foresight Connect digital gate dock scheduling and gate management software. And that's a, that's a product that essentially provides end-to-end -end shipment visibility and eliminates bottlenecks that you often see at the loading dock. You know, when you have early or late arrivals, for example, you know, due to poor scheduling or lack of communication. So, so this really allows companies to sort of proactively schedule their docks for loading and unloading. It allows them to send drivers to the right location, you know, based on availability and their arrival. And it really, among the many things it does, the, the leader said, is it minimizes a lot of the wasted time drivers often spend trying to figure out where they need to go once they get somewhere to deliver uh, something. So, and the last category, best innovation of an existing product went to right-sized packaging company PackSize for its X7 automated inline packaging and fulfillment solution. And that's something that company allows companies to create and pack right-sized right boxes quickly, reliably, and on demand. It's a product that's been around for a while, but the new features include um, customized document insertion, inline scales for capturing weight, and it's also in a smaller footprint. It also features um, a easy open tear strip, as they call it, and that makes it not only easier to open the box, um, but for customers, it allows them to recycle it or use it for returns. So those were the three innovation winners this year. Yeah, an impressive lineup. Uh, really. Yeah great innovations that uh, we're seeing in technologies. And Ben, a part of that too is automation. Uh, we're seeing a lot of buzz about automation. What else did you see at the show? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
you know, the automation can do great things. We were talking with Brandon about it before. Victoria was uh, giving some super examples of uh, really fast increasing capabilities. Um, but in another session that I went to, uh, the speaker, uh, Bastian Himmeroder, who's a partner with Mibach Consulting, um, pointed out that really each specific company needs to ask whether increasing automation is the right thing for its operations. Uh, because it might be possible to have too much technology for their business model. Um, for example, uh, he said that some companies might get uh, better productivity boosts and uh, the all-important return on investment uh, actually from lower automation or semi-automated systems instead of highly automated DCs. So the case for more automation, he said, could include uh, companies that are very busy. They have a two or three shift operation. Um, that they have sort of low uh, jumps in peak demand, uh, where there are high labor costs, um, high inventory complexity, limited land footprint. Um, so that all those things can make automation really pay off quickly. But uh, on the other hand, uh, if you look at the flip side of that coin, a warehouse might look to manual or semi-automated systems if they have huge peaks in demand, um, if they have easy access to, to cheap labor, if they have uh, lots of available land, um, or if they have really strict return on investment uh, requirements where they don't have a lot of time to uh, make that investment pay off. So it, it's uh, really an interesting uh, way to look at making uh, automation work sort of in the real world. Yeah, and as we've always said, one size does not fit all in this market. That it really comes down to the individual case as to what is the right application for it. Thanks, Ben. Exactly. Yep, exactly so. And Victoria, you covered a session that talked about how quickly some companies are incorporating automation to meet their critical distribution needs. What did you find on this one? Yes, that's right. And this is very much in line with what Ben was just talking about. Um, you know, sort of a good example of a company finding the right automation solution for their requirements. So this was um, a case study presented in a, a session um, when it was about footwear company Crocs and how it launched, as you say, an automation project really quickly. It was at one of its warehouses and it was up and running in less than 90 days. Um, as our listeners probably know, Crocs makes those foam clogs that are really popular. And the company faced exploding e-commerce uh, demand in 2020, as many firms did at the height of the pandemic when online shopping really ramped up. And as company leaders described it, they needed to automate their largely manual picking process in order to handle the growing volume and also to prepare for added spikes during peak holiday shipping season. They were realizing this in the you know, spring, early summer. Um, and at the time, you know, building a complex infrastructure heavy system would take years. So they really wanted something they could implement quickly, but that would also address long-term needs. Ultimately, they ended up using um, a system from Six River Systems, which offers autonomous mobile robots or AMRs, and they applied it to their picking process. Uh, these are collaborative robots that move throughout the facility. They're either with or without workers. That's how their system worked. And they don't require any new infrastructure or the need to change your warehouse layout. Uh, the bottom line with this project from inception to go live, as I said, it took a little under 90 days. But the on-site implementation, they say, only took them six weeks of that time. And that included piloting, testing, and launching the system. So they were up and, uh, up and running and ready to handle last year's record peak holiday shipping season. Uh, by October. And just to give you some uh, an idea of the results, the project, um, it took place at the company's Dayton, Ohio Performance Center. And they said they saw pick rates double after implementing the AMR system. And they also saw a huge improvement in new hire onboarding, which of course is an issue at you know peak season when you're hiring 
additional or temporary help, they said training time went from an average of one week down to one day. So it was up and running quickly and they saw results really quickly too. Yeah, th that is impressive. Fast response for changing needs. Yes. We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories and check out the podcast notes section for some direct links on the topics that we discussed today. Thanks, Ben and Victoria, for sharing highlights from Promat DX. Thanks, Dave. It's been an interesting week. It has, for sure. Thank you. And again, our thanks to Brandon Coates of MHS for being with us today. We encourage your comments on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters at your favorite podcast platform and to give us a rating. We appreciate your feedback and it really does help people to find us. The new episodes of Logistics Matters are uploaded each Friday. And speaking of podcasts, Logistics Matters is sponsored by Honeywell Intelligrated. Be sure to check out the Honeywell Intelligrated On The Move podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google. All episodes of their podcast series are also posted at sps.honeywell.com slash on the move podcast. You can also find Honeywell Intelligrated on LinkedIn and Twitter using the hashtag at Intelligrated. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters when we will look at trends in making last mile deliveries. So be sure to join us. Until then, please stay safe and have a great week.